In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, here we are. The roller coaster of Holy Week has taken us on quite a ride thus far. As Joe was preaching last night at Monday Thursday, he said last night we arrived to one of the peaks. And then, as we expect on Good Friday, we take a plummet over the edge and we are heading down into the weekend on this roller coaster ride to come back up to the highest point uh, that we will celebrate and remember in a few days. But we tonight will be on the downfall into Good Friday. As long as I have been in the liturgical church, this day I have always found to be somewhat strange because it's a day that we talk about death and we call it good. I think each of us, we all have our own memories and we all deal with death in very different and personal ways. I know I was... Uh, the illustration that you'll hear in a moment that came to me for this sermon came from an episode for of Ashley and I last week as we turned the season and reached spring. I know a lot of you have probably been doing some spring cleaning. And for Ashley and I right now, that means we have about 10 boxes that moved here with us that we have yet to unpack. So spring cleaning right now for us is getting into the last of those 10 taped up boxes in the garage and then uh, sorting them or throwing away the last of the stuff that needs to go. So we found some time before Holy Week was on us and we got to work in the garage and I came across a smaller box that was high and pushed to the back that I hadn't seen in a while and it was mine and it said personal memories. And I was thinking, oh, this one might be fun, but I was in work mode. I was going to get it done to the next box and move on. And when I first opened the box, there was, obviously I didn't pack very well, there was a bunch of broken picture frames. And it just caught me, oh, uh, you know, I goofed. I uh, didn't package it right. But then I looked a little closer. And behind the broken glass of those picture frames were some friends who were no longer with us. And you can imagine, as when we come across things like that, it, just, it hits you. And in my work mode, to get it done fast, I had to sit. And I remembered three of my friends in those broken picture frames, a, a youth pastor that had died on a tragic camping accident on an actual church trip. I remembered another friend that was rock climbing without his ropes, and he also befell a tragic accident. And then my one of my close snowboarding guys that was a dad of young children, he did not make it out of an avalanche. And like I say, bringing us back to death, we all deal with those things in very different ways. And I just, I was hit in that moment and just had to weep as well as remember their friendships as they were part of my past. For us, for you, it might be very different. 
You may have walked or remember people that have been through illness and did not make it through that illness. You may have friends that had accidents similar to mine, and even you may have known some people that have taken their own lives. All of those relationships are like these pictures that we might keep around the house somewhere. And some of those relationships, they might have really good memories tied to them as we were able to say goodbye, maybe kiss them on the cheek, and even some sort of reconciliation. And then others of them were pulled away way too soon, almost as if their portrait were yanked off of the wall and what were left were broken pieces of glass and plastic. Those broken picture frames represent broken relationships in our lives because that is what it feels like. You know, the ties, the bonds, and the touches. Those things are all severed in death, and what we have left are these broken pieces that have really sharp corners. I was reminded as I was writing this of how we began Holy Week on that Wednesday, or how we began the season of Lent this year as it was a little deeper for all of us as we got the news that 17 educators, coaches, and young people lost their lives in Parkland, Florida. When I received, you know, having that black cross on my head, when I received that news, you know, it was sudden, it was sharp, and it was painful. And we seem to be left sometimes in, with more questions than answers when those moments hit us right where we are. Good Friday is a day of broken picture frames. When the Savior of the world is nailed to a cross and killed, his life was yet another relationship that was taken away from those that loved him the most. But see, on that original Good Friday, the picture frame was already broken. The relationship was broken a long time ago, long before Jesus was ever born. The world was already in a state of brokenness. The relationship between God and his people had already been fractured and continued to die. This was the same type of brokenness that the Israelites experienced all the way back to the Old Testament times, as we heard in Hebrews a bit ago. Then all too familiar pattern of hard-heartedness and sin from which the people of that time and we today need to be redeemed. Upon recognizing the continued pattern of brokenness and sin in their lives, they would read from the scripture that was available to them at the time, and they would worship God and they would make confession as part of their worship, just as we do. So the backdrop and context of confession is actually the faithful, gracious, and compassionate heart of our God. All this time, God has been keeping his end of all the covenants that he has ever made. Through the entire story of our lives, but on the other hand, 
We are the ones on the other side of the covenant that have always rebelled against him time and time again. And yet he is faithful. He is the covenant keeper, and he remains the promise maker. You see, this is the very definition of sin, and we need to know it exactly for what it is. The brokenness of a very special relationship between God and his people. It's as if you were in a group of people, and one of your closest, most trusted friends was there and began to make fun of you, not in a joking ha-ha way, but in a very private and hurtful way. Could you see them turning to you and saying, I'm sorry, don't worry about it, I'll do better next time. Would that fix the wound that they had stabbed you in the back with? You'd hate that. You'd actually be angry. You know, that's not what you want to hear in those moments. It's more than just a wrong. It's more than just a confession. It's a violation of the trust of your relationship, your friendship with that person. If you're here today, of all days, you know what sin is. But I think it's easy to forget what it actually means in our lives. We make it a normal practice to sweep the broken picture frames, the broken relationships under the rug, as if God just doesn't care. When in the end, we are more like that jerk friend. If you can realize the meaning of the unfaithfulness in our relationship with God, it is then that we actually realize the depth of our own brokenness. We can actually see just how far we have run away from God and in turn how far we need to run to get back. The question is how do we do that? How do we get back? Scripture tells us the answer is by his blood, by the precious blood of our Savior Christ. On Good Friday it is natural to remember and ponder the cross. But remember, in his last days, Jesus shed blood more than just on the cross. We hear in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed so hard and he was so stressed at what he had to face that he actually sweated drops of blood. With Pontius Pilate, Pilate had him beaten with whips that would tear his flesh. The Roman soldiers... They would mock him and place a crown of thorns upon his head. Upon Golgotha, the soldiers would ram nails into his hands and feet. And then when he died, a soldier pierced his side with a spear as blood and water would spill out. And in that moment, when that blood and water flowed down, there is so much meaning in that act. We heard in John 19, and after he received the sour wine, he said it is finished, bowed his head, and gave up his spirit. It goes on to explain that it was the day of preparation, so the bodies would not remain on their crosses on the Sabbath. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken so that they might be taken away. 
The soldiers broke the legs of the two criminals, but not of Jesus, in seeing that he was already dead. Instead, the spear pierced his side, and at once the blood and water flowed. And he saw that it was a born witness, John writes. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you, so that all of us may believe. In other areas of the gospel accounts, scripture tells us that Jesus was placed on the cross at 9 a.m. in the morning and that he died at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. This, as well, is significant as we hear in Leviticus that in the temple, the first sacrificial lamb would be killed at the third hour, 9 a.m., and a second and final lamb would be killed at the ninth hour hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. This tells us that Jesus was the first and the last lamb. We hear in Revelation that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. John goes on and highlights the importance of not breaking the bones of Jesus to get his body down off of the cross. For John, Jesus is the final and atoning sacrificial lamb. John knew what kind of lamb would be unacceptable to God if its bones were broken. What happened on that original Good Friday was no accident. It was not an historical sidebar. It had been planned, it was deliberate, and there was a reason and a method. Scripture tells us that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter who you are, your past, your present, your age, your race, or your gender. We have all sinned, and we have all fallen short. And the cost of that is death, and the broken picture frames and relationships that come along with it. Throughout all of the Old Testament, through the constant sacrifices of live, livestock, God was telling his people that something, someone had to die for the brokenness. The blood of the lamb was the only thing that could cover and save the people way back then. And it remains the only thing that covers and saves us still today from death and brokenness. It is of no coincidence that John the Baptist sees his cousin coming over the hill and shouts, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This really is what Good Friday is all about. In order for us to feel the joy of Easter, we have to first experience and question the meaning of the broken picture frames in our lives. The meaning of death and brokenness. Until we can first acknowledge our sin and our need for God's grace, then we are lost. And it's within that grace that his healing forgiveness restores our souls. Although most of the time painful, let us not sweep the broken frame under the bed. Let us not sweep our brokenness under the rug. 
This isn't such an awful concept after all. It actually is a gift. Not a degrading idea. It is not a sign of weakness. It is not a character or personality flaw. It is just the opposite. It's a way for us as creation to relate to our creator. Brokenness keeps us humble. It keeps us teachable. It keeps us usable, and most importantly, it keeps us near the cross of Christ, the place where he was broken for us. As we sit in the weightiness of Good Friday this weekend, may you be reframed. May you be repaired and restored by the mysteries and realities of the cross of Christ. Amen.